Hi there, I'm Sean Kelly, the voice of the Gators, and welcome to Gator Tales with Sean Kelly. This is episode 21, and this might be one of our biggest yet. We've got two great guests today. We'll also hear from Director of Athletics Scott Strickland for another Ask the AD segment, and Kenna on campus too. Hope you're having a great week. It's a little bit slower around here. No midweek men's basketball game. That's a bit of a new wrinkle for the Gators. But all the other spring sports are firing up. Yeah, don't get too comfortable. Starting next week, baseball and softball join the hunt. Track and field is in full swing. And speaking of full swing, Gators men's and women's golf have big events coming up too. And, of course, the ongoing seasons for basketball. Lacrosse is right around the corner and a whole lot more. We're about to take the turn into maybe the busiest or the most congested time of year on the Gators athletics calendar. Nonetheless, all is well. The Gators are home this weekend with regard to men's basketball. I'm looking forward to being back home with Todd Golden's team as they take on Auburn this weekend. And gymnastics has a big link to pink event at the O-Dome on Friday night too. I don't want to take a whole lot of time visiting here at the start because I want to get right to our two guests today. Billy Napier is our first guest the head football coach of the Florida Gators has his team lined up and positioned for the start of spring practice. It's right around the corner. He spoke with the media this week. His staff changes and his systems overhaul is just about complete. And we'll see where this takes us here heading into, again, spring football in just a couple of weeks. So we have wide-ranging interview with Coach Napier today. We touch on a lot of subjects There are a lot of things that we'll watch for in spring football, and of course then we'll revisit with the coach at the conclusion of that time. Also with us this week is Dudley Hart, the associate head coach of the defending national champion Florida Gators golf team. The men's golf team, of course, is back in action now. Their big Gator event, their one home meet of the year, is coming up. But there's a twist on the Dudley Hart story. Yes, four-time All-American, a Gator through and through, now back helping his alma mater. But now he's an undergraduate student again. We'll talk about this new pursuit in his life. We'll touch upon this year's edition of Gators Golf and a whole lot more. In addition, as I mentioned, ask the AD, Kenna on campus too. So with all that being said, let's get started. Gator Tales with Sean Kelly is presented by UF Health. UF Health has locations throughout Florida, including Gainesville, Jacksonville, St. Augustine, Leesburg, and the Villages, and we're growing. Compassionate care and world-class outcomes, that's our game plan. Visit ufhealth.org to learn more. Our podcast is also brought to you by Pet Paradise. Gator fans, for pet fanatics like you, there's only one place who goes all out for your pet the way you do. Boarding, grooming, day camp, and veterinary services, all in one convenient location. Pet Paradise and New Day Veterinary Care. Finally, complete pet health care is here for Gator Nation. It's been a long time since I've sat down with a microphone in my hand across from head coach Billy Napier. Uh, It's been a, a holiday season a new calendar year and a football offseason too, Coach. The football offseason, as you look back now, how exhausting was it? How much did you get accomplished? Was it what you expected it to be? Yeah, no, I think it's been healthy. I think it um, gives us 
gave us a real opportunity to go through our process and evaluate all parts of what we do. Um, you know, the landscape is really fluid um, in the recruiting space, in the NIL space. Um, I think we've made some really strategic changes there in terms of how we operate, how we allocate our time. Uh, and then we made some adjustments on the football side. You know, I think we able to add some new voices, new leadership, and ultimately, I think in some areas where we had issues on our teams in the past, and I'm excited about uh, not only the knowledge and wisdom that we added to our staff, but just the caliber of people. Um, it's a good group. Coach, were there any specific things that in the self-evaluation of the entire program after the season concluded that you felt were most important that you had to address, and how did you do it? Well, I think we you – know, all of them are important, but I think just a couple of the key areas, um, obviously right away we made some changes on the defense of some of the position coaches there. Um, I do think the nutrition space um, and the strength conditioning space were areas where we felt like the game is trending toward just a really high level of investment and expertise in those areas uh, and what you offer to the player, right? What's, what's the track record, the pedigree, what's um, – experience do you have and and trying to improve our product and improve the player experience um you know we we took we're taking a little bit more of an nfl approach with the personnel department the uh, front office component um, just a ton of things that we need to manage uh, with our current roster relative to nil you know whether it's agent relations player relations uh investor relations and i think mark robinson's addition there has been good uh we've shuffled the deck a little bit with the personnel department um and then the special teams piece i think we added a layer there uh to help from an organization standpoint and just overall strategy so um it's been good, and I think that um, some of these things are adjustments to the, the landscape and the workflow, uh, given what college football is today. Was the lens or the prism that you looked at all these things through, is it solely about winning football games? Because just the way you described it, it seems like it's more than that. But getting to know you over the last couple of years, you're about winning football games. So what was the lens you looked through? Yeah, I think just sustainability – um, you know, establishing systems and processes that we can repeat and get better at, you know, and I think the games change, you know, some of the approaches and, and the way we put our calendar together, uh, the way that our workflow, given the talent acquisition, the times of the year um, where that's intense. Um, and then certainly the football piece. I mean, we're not going to tolerate uh, some of the things that, you know, we've put on display around here in the past. So, um I think we know we got to get better, and I think ultimately for me, I'm a competitor. Um, you know, we want to have a place where we're committed to the whole person, and we do, you know, but I do think there's an element uh, from a competitive standpoint that, you know, we need to continue to add good players, and then we need to continue to do a good job coaching and teaching once they arrive. Strength and conditioning-wise, you bring in Coach Fitz from the New York Giants, Jake Sandalt, NFL as well. What do they bring that you didn't have, or what was – or did you just need a new voice? What was the need there, Coach? Yeah, I think a little bit of both probably. You know, I think, um, you know, a, a change in leadership, uh, a, change, a different voice, different blueprint to some degree. Uh, but overall, just I think a different uh, level of experience 
And, uh, you know, I think ultimately we're looking to try to create an advantage. You know, I think you want to be the best in every single one of these areas, right? You want to have uh, the best uh, talent to offer the players, right? And I think ultimately that's part of your job as a head coach is to evaluate each one of these spaces and think about them relative to the competition. You know, so um, I think we had a chance to make moves in these areas. And I think Jake had interest in the job. Fitz had interest in the job, um, and I think we're fortunate to be able to acquire them both. Another staff change coach, or addition, I should say, Joe Houston comes your way, listed as a special teams analyst. Help me um, do better when I get asked by our fans about this. What is the role of an analyst? Or they'll say, um, why don't we have a special teams coordinator? How does this now work with with Coach Couch and, and now Houston and, and that group? I want to be able to give them a great answer as to what that plan looks like. Yeah, I mean, we, we operate much like uh, – there's a lot of football teams out there that operate the same way we do. I mean, uh, our special teams coordinators are off the field. Um, um, they, they're able to do everything that a special t- teams coordinator does for other teams. Um, some of our uh, bigger competition operates the same way, right? So um, Chris and Joe run our special teams. Uh, they coordinate our special teams. They game plan our special teams. They call our special teams. So uh, I think ultimately they're they're working on that the entire year. Um, you know, they don't have to recruit. Uh, they spend the entire year. And we're talking about about 18% of the game, you know, and I think, uh, you know, ultimately we, we've got two really, really good um, people in that space. And I think we've we've had some areas where we were really good, you know, and I think some of our um, issues were from an organizational standpoint, some miscues on game day in that space. And I think we're trying to do our best to fix that and address that. So Joe, I hired Joe, um, you know, when I was at Louisiana. He worked for me for one day, right, and then Bill Belichick hired him. So, And he's been with Coach Belichick with the Patriots organization the last four years. So uh, we are going to include some of the situational football game management um, things that we do throughout the year, the analytics piece, all of that will be under one roof there with those two guys and their their help. So uh, we also have a graduate assistant that works on special teams year-round uh, and a couple interns. So, you know, that group will, will do a good job for us in the future. Defensively, Coach, it, it's different. You've got different coaches now at the each of the different levels defensively. And then there's the Ron Roberts addition to the staff. And I know that Austin will be excited about that. You seem excited about the way it's structured now, too. Um, was this an idea that you've had that you've just waited for the right time to pull the trigger on? Or were the things that you said, maybe you alluded to earlier about things that the Gators put on the field defensively, you had to think in a much different way? Well, I think we we had um, a couple position coaches there where we felt like we needed to make changes. Um, and again, same, same deal. New voice, new teacher, new leader, uh, new energy. Um, I do think that uh, felt good about our staff at that point. Jay gets a chance to go to A&M and then having a good relationship with Coach Roberts from the past, uh, you know, 
happened to be some interest there, right? We get a guy who's, you know, one of the best defensive minds in all of college football and one of the more respected coaches, period, at any level uh, to add to our staff and one that is familiar with my way of operating uh, and would hit the ground running. And even more important here is the working relationship between him and Austin, their ability to not have egos, put those things on the shelf and work together. Uh, I think there's a mutual respect there and we're getting a guy who, you know, did a phenomenal job uh, in years past on defense at every level. And even at Auburn last year, they had a fantastic year on defense. So uh, we're, we are very fortunate to have Ron Roberts on our staff. Coach, you've done a lot of work this offseason with regard to systems, processes, uh, structure. How has it changed what you will do as the head coach of the football team moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think the – some of the the time and effort and energy that's went into NIL um, is built now. You know, I think we have a system where we have workflow. We have uh, we have built a, you know kind of a process there to where I don't necessarily I'm not having to navigate that 24/7, 365. Uh, and I do think that. Uh, even the evaluation piece from a personnel standpoint, I think we're a little ahead of the curve there where some of that's taken off my plate. And then I just feel really good about the addition of Ron Roberts and Joe Houston. I think that'll help from a delegation standpoint. Um, and I think we're going to hand off some tasks on offense. You know, I think we've got a good group of offensive coaches there that we're fortunate to have the same group coming back, right? So uh, if you look back at our time at Louisiana, we had the same offensive group my entire time, right, until the last year. So um, it's good to have the same group of coaches. You're not teaching, reteaching someone new in that room in the offseason. We're kind of hitting the ground running. So continuity is important. And I think ultimately here, um, everything's built is what I would say. You know, it's taken a little bit of time given the fluidity of the landscape and all the new calendars and the portal and NIL. And I think uh, we've evolved there. We've adapted. I'm hopeful that that'll lead to better results on the field. Billy, offensively, do you still want to call the plays offensively? Um, and will you at this point? Do you know? Yeah, I, th- I do. Um, I think that um, – Big picture-wise, I think we're taking the group of people that we have there uh, and we're trying to uh, develop some people, groom some people. Uh, we've done a ton of work in the offseason to kind of evaluate that, you know, in terms of what that looks like. And I think down the stretch, uh, we've played pretty good offense. You know, we've created a bunch of explosive plays. We've scored points. Um, I think we've got a quarterback that's returning in the same system. Um, I think, you know, ultimately for me, it's about all these other areas – being taken care of so that I can focus, do my best for the team in that regard. We could spend an hour looking at your roster and the roster building that you guys have done. I think spring football will help us see that develop. One thing I am curious about, obviously I'm looking back at Graham Mertz's season for you, highly productive, so experienced. What a leader he is on your football team. And yet you're bringing in one of the best quarterbacks to come out of the high school ranks. Have you yourself been in a situation similar to this to have those two at that position or have you been around it to where you might have some direction as to how you'll manage that moving forward yeah no I think we we've hit the jackpot I mean I think we have the ultimate um, situation relative to Graham is back um you know, I think he's trying to increase his value. He feels as if he has uh, wants to leave a legacy here, is indebted to the place, is very appreciative and thankful for the experience he's had here. And then I think we have, you know, the Gatorade National Player of the Year walking in the door uh, who's got physical ability, who's phenomenal character leader, um, 
and is a worker, very much can keep up with Graham in terms of work ethic, discipline, detail. So he's getting a chance to observe. DJ's observing Graham, and I think that gives him an opportunity to see what's required at this level uh, to produce. So um, a lot of this will be determined with, you know, how the next couple months go. You know, at, at what pace um, does DJ progress? You know, I think ultimately that's part of it. And then obviously adding Clay um, to the mix as well, I think gives us a player with experience. Clay Millen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think Clay is um, a guy who, again, has arm talent, has proved to be able to move the team. Um, he'll get his fair share of the reps, and then we'll just kind of see where this thing goes. But we'll have a little bit better idea once we get through a spring ball. Coach, I've only got another minute or two with you here, but I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't touch upon two things. One, the academic success of your football team. We just got the news. It's a new SEC record for number of Gator football players on the conference academic honor roll. That, and of course, some, sometimes these things go hand in hand. GatorMade continues to make big plans and take strides in what now will be their kind of their third full cycle moving forward. Your thoughts on those two things that are a little away from the practice field? Yeah, no, I think we, we run a tight ship. I, th- I, think the, <clears throat> I think the structure and routine helps the players. We just tried to provide some accountability. Uh, we have phenomenal people. Jeff Gu and his leadership, uh, the staff at Hawkins has is the best I've ever been around, and and I think that's a compliment. I've worked with some really good people in that space, but we have the resources, and I think our players uh, have done what's been asked of them. You know, and I think their discipline to some degree has led to good results. I mean, I think 75 players on the SEC honor roll. Uh, not only a Florida record, but SEC's been playing football a long time. So I'm hopeful that, you know, that'll lead to some on-field results as well. But uh, I'm proud of our team. You know, I think those are things that we can point to that say uh, that our guys are trying to work extremely hard and do what we ask them to do. So Gator Maid's phenomenal. Uh, Savannah Bailey, her leadership there, her creativity her ability to connect with people, to take advantage of this Florida. Um, you know, we've got an incredible group of alumni, and I think this brand and the reach of this place, uh, we have a great experience to offer the players. So just the players actually selected uh, Japan for their service abroad trip this uh, May. They'll be gone for 10 days. We take about 20 players. And then we're also um, – taking a group to Los Angeles for business break. Uh, while out there, they're going to you know, work with NFL Network, the Lakers, Google, Paramount Studios. So just creating experiences for the players that ultimately shape their attitude towards education uh, and preparing for life after football. And I do think the um, just this coming weekend, we're going to Miami for a real estate summit. Uh, and it's a unique partnership with the um, University of Florida Kelly A. Bergstrom Center for Real Estate, right? So taking these unique uh, things that we have to offer on this campus, you know, the number one ranked public school in the country, this alumni network that we have access to, and create kind of a one of a once of a lifetime experience that you know ultimately is producing a well well rounded equipped um, you know guy that just happened to play football for the Gators at the same time. Great way to end our visit, Coach. Great to see you too. I'm excited about spring football. Um, there's so much moving in the right direction for you and the team. Good luck and go Gators. All right, go Gators.
I am pleased to welcome to the Gator Tales podcast for the first time the associate head coach of Florida's men's golf team, the defending national champions, Dudley Hart. Thank you for doing this. It's a pleasure. I've been eager to have this conversation with you for a while, and there's a new reason, and that's because you've got a new pursuit in your life as well. But thank you again for doing this. My pleasure. Happy to do it. So you're not only the associate head coach, but you're also an undergraduate student active at the University of Florida. How does that sound? Uh, it it's kind of sounds a little strange. I, I'm not going to lie. This is uh, I didn't have many classes left to finish, and I'm down to the home stretch, but I actually have to go in person this semester. And uh, I'm just kind of thankful that the, uh, the phones didn't start beeping with those predator alert apps that the kids have when I walked in there because they're like, who's this old guy coming into class? So uh, it's, been, uh, it's been interesting. Uh, things have changed a little bit in the last 35 years as far as uh, the classroom settings and how things are done. But um, I'm, uh, I'm excited to finish this up and, and uh, not be a hypocrite to my kids. There's one motivation right there. And you and I are similar in age, so you're right. And you mentioned phones. There were no phones in the classrooms when you and I were starting the pursuit of our undergraduate degrees. This must feel a little different. Yeah, no phones. No, we really didn't use computers. Right. We actually went to the library in one of my classes just to kind of figure out how to find some resources. And uh, one of the, the, the professor that was kind of giving us a little instruction had a uh, file card drawer from library days from our days mm -hmm. and he literally goes does anybody know what this is and nobody in the room lifted their hand and he just stared at me who's sitting in the back of the room with my gray hair uh, I literally just joked I'm like why are you looking at me of course I know what that is yeah. that's how we look things up not on our computers and and you know our, our phones and all that stuff like today but uh, anyway it's uh, it's been interesting I got a lot more to learn than most of the kids going through the classes all right I'll ask you a question that I ask a lot of our student athletes Dudley what's your major my major I'm a history major um, I learned a long time ago I wasn't the best student uh, I was really focused on my golf when I was here and uh, I wasn't I don't think I was a dumb kid I just didn't like it and I, I went through a couple different options as majors and I finally realized that uh, I needed to find something that I liked that that I was interested in and I always loved history and uh, you know maybe I didn't realize how much reading was involved in history but or maybe I forgot but I'm too far into it now but um, uh, I'm getting getting near that finish line hold on let me hit pause here for a second because you hit pause during your undergraduate career here, oh, by the way, you're four-time All-American, and you did so because the Q School came around and you got your card. Yeah. So it's not like you just like, you kind of played it off as like you just lost interest in school. I don't think that's the case, is it? No, I mean, back then I had a decision to make after uh, my senior year. Um, the qualifying school was just, you know, was a series of three, three different tournaments if you made it through each stage, and it was in the fall. So it was either wait a year and a half and you know go back for one semester and get my get my degree and have nowhere to play in the spring and then the summer really back then and uh um I, I just had to had to pause my my uh academics for a semester at least um and see how i did there and and fortunately for my golf career i got my card right then and and i never lost lost my card and i played for 30 plus years as a pro and uh, probably could have started finishing this earlier as computers and things online uh, uh, started to, to be an option, but um, just didn't. Uh, you know, you get focused on doing what you're doing, and sometimes you don't think of things like that, or at least I didn't. And um, coming back here and and when my my playing career was winding down, um, I I just uh, it was something that I wanted to do because uh, you know, frankly, my kids 
my kids know they have to get their college degrees and they they kept throwing that in my face that I didn't get mine and and uh try not to be hypocritical hypocritical dad here so any other motivators other than what you just stated um not really finished you know I just don't like to do things halfway and you know this I was more than halfway done with my degree but but just uh finishing things that you start it's kind of important to me and and uh, even though it's been a long time coming uh you know I just uh I just needed to get this done you were a winner here representing the Gators do you think this will mean as much to you as the winning now that you'll hold a degree from the University of Florida uh it's gonna mean a lot yeah for sure Uh, I mean it's it's an infinitely better academic school at least in the rankings than it was when I was here not that it was a bad school but um I'm pretty sure if I had to start at zero again it would be a lot harder than it was back back in the you know in the dark ages when I was in school but um I'm I'm super excited I'm gonna be really proud to have this uh have this degree hopefully knock on wood in a, in a couple months if I don't mess anything up uh, last question on this what's your hardest class Dudley uh, this research seminar class I'm taking this semester is is it's not really that hard as much as it's time consuming and um, I haven't done any, any of this kind of stuff in a long time and researching things are obviously a lot different. It's easier in a way because I can find a lot of it online, yeah. but learning how to do that it's just it's 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 just not hard. I just have to manage my time between being out here you know eight to ten hours a day and then and then uh, and then trying to find time to read one to two books a week which is I'm going to read more books this semester than I probably read in my whole life. But, but uh, finding the time, uh, you know, I'm getting a little taste of what our guys have to go through, and, I, and I'm, I'm gaining more respect because it's been a long time since I've had to worry about playing golf and going to school, even, even though I'm not playing, but I'm probably spending more time out here as a coach, I definitely am, than I was yeah. as a player. And, uh, and to manage that with my school and then my family, um, you know, it's just, just don't have a lot of time to waste right now. Unfortunately, the – Unfortunately, the Bills are out of the playoffs, and and I don't have to watch much football now, so it gives me a little bit more time. Yeah, I'll leave the Bills thing alone for now. Um, you can't be eligible again, right? I'm just I'm, I'm halfway kidding here. Yeah, I know. No, I don't. I think that would be a problem. Yeah, yeah. No problem. You know, you're in this learning mode again. I, I would like to ask you what you've learned about being a coach over the last couple of years to go from playing on the tour to now coaching hopefuls for the tour, or just simply college student athletes. I think uh, I think probably the the biggest thing I learned about coaching, like the golf part of it, honestly, not this this may sound cocky, but it is pretty easy because it's all I've done my whole life is is basically learn how to practice better, learn how to um, what what's important to work on the mental and physical stuff. Um, that stuff I've done forever, and it's that part's pretty easy to relate to the guys and comes very natural. I come from a, a family of golf teachers and, and, um, it's just, it's kind of in my blood. Um, the, the tricky part is just navigating different personalities, which is probably every coach would say the same thing. Um, learning how to get your point across to, to different players and, and golf in a way is so different than some other sports because, you know, you, practice means different things to different guys in golf and they have to focus on, they all have different strengths and weaknesses where they have to you have to divide some time more time to let's say you know a long iron game for one player and a shorter iron or wedge game for another player but you also they also have to touch every part of those you know there's just so many facets of golf that you have to work on and and that's that's kind of what probably drew me to to love golf as much as I do is just that challenge and all those different you know every day there's something to something to kind of to grind on and work on and it's like you're trying to hit a moving target all the time and um 
and I love that part of it. And and trying to trying to teach these guys, you know, and some guys learn differently. Some guys like to go on the golf course and learn on the golf course more than they do on the on the practice facility. But um, um, trying to get them to learn in their best environment has has been has been tricky too. Interesting. I've known several coaches over my career that, like yourself, played professionally in a variety of sports. And then when they've gone to coach, especially at the college level, there's a struggle between when you're a pro, that's your full-time job. And when you're going to the University of Florida and have a full class load and everything else, golf may not be considered your full-time job. And there's sometimes there's a disconnect there. Did you have to overcome that thought process a little bit? Just being as dedicated as you are to your craft and what it takes to, to be a pro, how have you handled that? You know what? Honestly, I think that's been pretty easy for me. Um, and I actually, I think this job saved me. I think JC and giving me this opportunity, um, I was at a point in my career where my body had been breaking down for a while and I was fighting the inevitable um, where my competitive life was winding down. And I just, you know, through those injuries and issues, I've realized how bad I am with free time. I just not wired that way. I need, I need something to wake up in the morning to do. And um, this opportunity gave me, uh, just gave me a way to challenge another avenue to challenge my competitive juices. And and um, I think it was pretty easy for me. I mean, I wake up, I can't wait to come here in the morning. I'm here at seven, seven thirty almost every morning. Um, and I'm just here ready to help our guys and do anything I need to do to help this team get better. And I, I love it. I mean, I, it's I. I don't really miss competing as much as I thought I would, yep. be, um, mainly because of probably how it ended. It just kind of kind of saps the fun out of it when you don't feel you can be competitive and when it, it's it's uncomfortable to painful to play golf. It just kind of after a while, I know it sounds weird, it's golf, it shouldn't be that bad, but between wrist surgeries, a couple spinal fusion surgeries, a couple thumb surgeries, uh, you know, it just got to the point where my body was like, okay, enough. And um, um, so I, I think the transition, to, honestly, to be coaching for me was pretty easy. I mean, there's lots to learn, but it was had nothing to do with really what's what I needed to do out on the golf course with those guys. Would you have been open to coaching if it was not your alma mater, the University of Florida? I, I don't think it would have even crossed my mind, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I've had, I've actually, to be honest, I've had some recruits ask uh, recently, um, you know, are, are you going to be here when I get here? And I'm like, well, I don't know that for sure because I'm not necessarily in control of my own job all the time. It's up to JC and and Scott and Speegs, um, you know, to make sure I'm doing a good job and they're happy with what I'm doing here. But um, I don't, I cannot foresee me ever doing this somewhere else. I mean, I just, I, you know, hypothetically, uh, you know, if, if a job opened up in the SEC somewhere and, and like, let's just say it's Georgia and they wanted to hire me at Georgia, I just don't think I'd be that excited to go put on red and black because I just don't like Georgia. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a gator, I'm orange and blue and, and I'm lucky where I don't, have to do this for a living. Um, I was able to live my dream and make a nice living for a long time. And, and um, I, I just don't see me running out the door to go to the golf course at another school like I do here. Okay. And uh, I, you know, I, to look at it another way is that part of the reason my motivation, some of it was selfish, no doubt. I needed something to do and I love this school, um, but this school really did a lot for me. Uh, it, it gave me uh, a place for four years to to uh, grow as a man and as a golfer, and um, it put me in position between Lynn Blevins, who got me here, and Buddy Alexander, who came in halfway through my sophomore year. They, they helped mold me and, and put me in a position to 
to live my dream for 30 years. And uh, I also feel like I owe this school a lot for that. And uh, that's part of my motivation being here. And that's part of my motivation to plan on staying as long as they'll have me. I don't know, though, Dudley. You're going to have a history degree in your hand now. I mean, you might be. Yeah, a lot of options there. They won't let me teach anywhere, trust me. (laughs) (laughs) You won here as a student. You won on the tour. Then there's the national championship last year. Where do you put that in your winning experiences? Have you had even time enough to reflect on what that, how that places for you personally? Well, it's it's easy. It's it's easily the, the the biggest thing I've ever done in golf. Um, you know, my my kids are probably the thing I'm the most proud of in life. Um, but in the, in my golf life, winning the national championship here because I wasn't able to do it as a as a player. Uh, we lost my senior year by two to to. Uh, Arizona State and Phil Mickelson and and kind of kind of pissed it away a little bit if I can use that word uh, coming down the on the back back nine and, and it kind of you know I didn't think about it all the time but when I did it still eats at at me and uh, being able to do that uh, with the group of guys uh, last year at my school um, easily the biggest thing I've ever done in golf and and uh, to just to just to understand that those kids you know I'm an old guy now and getting older by the minute but uh, those kids are going to be tied together for the rest of their lives they're going to be coming back to Florida and be honored on the field 50 years from now I'll be dead and gone but they'll be here and they'll be they'll be being honored and and that's that's super special to me and 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 to know it's pretty much the same team for the last couple of years and how they grew and how they opened their minds because as any athlete knows um, and coach getting getting guys to to be open-minded to think outside the box of what's comfortable for them in order to grow and get better as a as a player and a teammate is not always easy and uh it wasn't always easy for jc and i to do it with these guys but they bought in and they put the work in and to have have something like that happen is is incredible that group includes your son too doesn't it yeah it does he uh he was fortunate he 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 worked his butt off and got in the lineup uh for post all the postseason events he didn't play but being able to experience that um to be able to be a part of that team um firsthand uh was uh was something that he and I will be able to, to share for the rest of our lives. What are the Gators like this year, Coach? Let's get to the moment, if yeah. you don't mind. Just coming back from what? A win in Jacksonville, right? Yeah, yeah just wanted to see best. Um, we're young. Uh, we lost three studs from last year's team. and uh, um, But we are uh, – JC and I know we're pumped about the guys we have. Um, really good young talent. Um, but as any anybody – any coach knows, young talent sometimes plays young. And we've got to uh, – we got to coach, coach, coach them up a lot, a lot more probably than last year in different ways. Um, but um, we've got kids who are going to be really good players. Are going to help the University of Florida a lot. Um, you know, in golf, it's kind of weird because you can't ever pinpoint when that's when that light switch is going to go off in a way. Um, but you know, we just have this model here that we're going to just wake up every day and do what we can to get, you know, to be better at as a student, as a golfer, as a person. And um, we're going to trust the work we put in out here. We're going to go on the road and, and we're going to enjoy ourselves and play good, play loose, play committed golf and just come home and get back to work. And that's, that's really is, is all that, all that matters in golf. I mean, you just kind of worry about that daily, daily improvement and uh, just got to trust that the things are going to come together when you need them to. In light of that coach, uh, last thing, can you help me fix my short game? It's, it's atrocious. Pretty sure I can help you. I don't. I mean, if if it's atrocious, I can at least get you to bad. <laughs> I can get you to that point. That's kind of my my bread and butter uh, with right. these guys, and 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 it's. I think it's one of the. It's a. 
it's a thing on our team that's non-negotiable. You have to be uh, if if you're not a good wedge player by the time you leave here, then then I haven't done my job. Yep. <laughs> Dudley Hart, I enjoyed this very much. Thank you, thank you, and uh, go Gators. Yeah, go Gators. Thanks for having me. now for Ask the AD on the Gator Tales podcast. Florida's Director of Athletics, Scott Strickland, has joined us. And Scott, this week, the question submitted is is less about the Gators, but maybe more about college athletics, uh, you know, on a whole here across the country. The question reads like this, among the big picture topics floating around college athletics, paying athletes, football or basketball, breaking away from the NCAA, super conferences, etc. Which one of these big topics floating around in this ever-changing landscape do you think has the most traction? So this, this is me putting on the, uh, the fortune teller, the, you know, can you tell the future hat and, and trying to predict. It's hard to, it's hard to predict. What I can tell you because all those ideas have been floating around for a long time, mm-hmm. and it, uh, they seem to become more and more relevant, the questions do, in recent years with a lot of the activity related to name, image, likeness, and transfer portal, and certainly um, conversations and congressional hearings up in D.C., along with some of the litigation that's going on. Um, it is a highly dynamic time in college athletics, as we all are well aware. It's my belief that the courts are probably going to have the biggest say. So I, instead of predicting where it's going to end up, I, can, I, will say, I will put my thumb on the scale and say, I believe that it's going to be uh, accomplished through the courts. And some of these um, pretty significant lawsuits that are occurring at the federal level against uh, the NCAA and, and the major conferences of which the SEC is a defendant in um, are, have a chance to be really impactful with uh, and determining what the relationship between the school and the athletes are going to be. What role does the NCAA play in? What role do the conferences play in? We have seen that, uh, you know, we saw this interesting during the COVID year. We saw that uh, the conferences can do a lot on their own, right? Nationally, there was no direction to play or not to play in the fall of 20, whether we're going to have football. Um, And some conferences chose to take a more – cautious approach. Some like the SEC and others um, were a little more robust and aggressive in their thinking and and created a really good set of competition that year, right? We had 10 uh, SEC games. We played an SEC exclusive schedule. It was the most watched season of most viewed season of SEC football that we've ever had, actually. And so um, I I just mentioned that to say the conferences, I think, are going to have a really big role. And they may, whether they uh, whether they go off and do something collectively or whether they go off and do things individually, um, I think by and large is the, those court cases are going to have a big say in how that occurs. The court case that, I guess, opened the NIL space um, is probably the most significant decision that's been made in, what, the last 10 years or so. Um, do you think it, it caught us collectively in college sports by surprise in some way? This is just me following up to the question that's submitted. And, and when, I, when you say that the courts will decide, I feel like, are we in for more surprises along those ways to, that maybe that, that are that seismic? Certainly when, when, you are, uh, when you're going through litigation, there's, no, there's, there's a lot of 
variables as to what the outcome may be. And so I think the court case you're actually talking about is Alston, which really didn't directly impact NIL, but it impacted this idea that um, universities couldn't, the NCAA could not set a, um, a prohibition against providing cash awards to student athletes. We call those Alston awards because the name of the lawsuit was the Alston case. It just so happened that that, that court case, um, which was ruled in the, in the Ninth Circuit out in California, uh, was appealed to the Supreme Court where the NCAA, who was the appealing party, uh, was defeated 9-0 by the Supreme Court, which is a pretty it's about as bad as you can get, right? Yeah. Um, it just so happened that that, that uh, uh, the Supreme Court upholding that ruling came about a week before July 1 of 2021 when many of the state's NIL rules started kicking in. And so people connect those two things. They are both very significant, and they both happen, bam, bam, right within a week or so of each other. Um, but to your point, the, the, um, what we as a country have always assumed was appropriate for college athletes, which is, you know, you go to the university, you have a chance to get an education, you get a scholarship, and you get a chance to compete um, in this extracurricular, and I, I'm using air quotes here, the podcasters can't see it, but this extracurricular activity, um, the perception of that has changed, right? And, and we are constantly trying to find more and more ways to provide more value to our athletes, whether it is through academic incentive awards like Austin, whether it's through uh, third-party NIL opportunities. Um, the relationship has changed, and there's still a lot of um, – but there are still a lot of instable rules that are in place in the name of athletic competitiveness, you know, trying to create a level playing field, that are being challenged in court. And um, where those things go is is going to, like I said, that, that's going to have the biggest impact on what the future of college athletics looks like. All right, everyone, we hope that you enjoy this first edition of Judicial Talk with Scott Strickland. <laughs> Scott, great to see you again. Thanks again for doing Ask the AD. Go Gators. Thank you, Sean. Go Gators. We finished this week with Kenna on campus. Kenna McGinnis is one of our student workers here at the Florida Athletic Department. And of course, this week we celebrated National Women in Sports Day. And so with that, Kenna turns her attention to a fellow woman in sports. Thanks, Sean. This week we celebrated National Women's in Sports Day. There are dozens of female student workers here at Florida, and they collectively represent the many different avenues to a career in sports. Grayson Easton is a senior from St. Augustine who works in the Gators Creative Video Department. Grayson is studying media production management and technology, specializing in digital film and television production. Sports in general, whether it's photo, video, or anything in between, is a typical male-dominated field. Um, so coming into sports, it wasn't something that I really thought I would do, um, but I have felt no disadvantage or you know, nothing but support being here with the Creators Creative Video team. If anything, I feel that I've had so many opportunities to film a variety of different sports. This year, I've really dived into men's basketball um, and done a lot of video for their socials and their video boards. Um, the staff here is super supportive. We have so many people behind my back, students alike. It's just a super collaborative environment, and you know, I, I feel lucky to be here. Just as in my experience here so far at Florida, Grayson shares the same comfort being surrounded by women in sports. I have made so many great girlfriends here um, with the Gators, and what I love is that it's not a super competitive environment where sports in itself is super competitive, but when I'm here with you know other women editing or you know out on the field, 
it is not like that at all. We are constantly helping each other out, whether, you know, I have a question about how to color grade a video, someone is next to me um, helping me out with that. Um, we, you know, have become great friends and I, I have found a great community within you know, just the woman and the team. And even um, I like would have to shout out Megan Parler, who's our director of creative video here. I have found, you know, like a, a mom and, you know, in the workplace where she is always, you know, encouraging me, supporting me. Um, our staff is always, you know, hyping up our edits when we're finished and things like that. But um, just the, all the women here are super awesome and great to be around. Grayson graduates in May. So what's next for her? So this year I have really loved filming men's basketball, um, doing video for them, and I hope to do something similar out of college. I'm definitely looking into opportunities to be on the sideline, doing creative video for a team, um, professionally doing video for their social media, video boards, things like that, um, and just really honing in on that craft and that, you know. Currently, in Florida's athletics department alone, there are 154 women working full-time in sports. This has been Kenna on Campus. I'm Kenna McGinnis. Thank you, Kenna. Well, that's a wrap. Episode number 21 of Gator Tales with Sean Kelly is in the books. Hope you enjoyed it. Really great conversations today, of course, with Billy Napier and Dudley Hart. Thanks again to Scott Strickland for another edition of Ask the AD. And then we wrapped up once more with Kenna on campus. I'm Sean Kelly, and I certainly want to thank our big sponsors today as well, UF Health and Pet Paradise. Are you a subscriber to our podcast? If not, please do so. Help us spread the word. We'd love to get a review from you as well. And, of course, we'll see you next time right here on Gator Tales with Sean Kelly. Have a great week, everybody, and go Gators!